0: Our text this afternoon will be Revelation 1, 1 to 3. An interesting feature of the book of Revelation is that it has a lot of Old Testament background. So whenever you preach in Revelation, you get uh, more for your money. You get two for the price of one. So the Old Testament background for our text of this afternoon is Daniel 2. 27 to 30 and 44 to 47 the younger ones can see how many times the word reveal occurs in Daniel here in our scripture reading reveal or revealer or reveals okay and the other little phrase is after this because revelation is about after this so these Revelation picks up on these two notions here in Daniel 2. So Nebuchadnezzar has a dream and he can't remember the dream. And he wants the wise man to tell him what he dreamt. And then to tell him the interpretation of the dream. That's a very tall order. Daniel answered the king and he said, No wise men enchanters, magicians, or astrologers can show to the king the mystery that the king has asked. But there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries, and he has made known to King Nebuchadnezzar uh, what will be in the latter days, or after this. Your dream and the visions of your head as you lay in bed are these. To you, O King, as you lay in bed, came thoughts of what would be after this. And he who reveals mysteries made known to you what is to be. But as for me, this mystery has been revealed to me, not because of any wisdom that I have more than all the living, but in order that the interpretation may be made known to the King and that you may know the thoughts of your mind. And Then the verses 44 to 47. And in the days of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that shall never be destroyed, nor shall the kingdom be left to another people. It shall break in pieces all those kingdoms and bring them to an end and it shall stand forever. Just as you saw that a stone was cut from a mountain by no human hand, and that it broke in pieces the iron, the bronze, the clay, the silver, and the gold. A great God has made known, so the king, or to the king, what shall be after this? The dream is certain, as the interpretation sure then king nebuchadnezzar fell upon his face and paid homage to daniel and commanded that an offering and an incense an incense be offered up to him the king answered and said to daniel truly your god is the god of gods and the lord and the lord of kings and a revealer of mysteries for you have been able to reveal this mystery. Second background is from the New Testament, Ephesians six, ten to twelve. In my theme, I speak about the great cosmic struggle. For the younger ones, the word cosmic. You could translate that with universal, a universal struggle throughout the whole universe. Not only the visible universe, but also the invisible. And in chapter 6, Paul writes about this struggle, the verses 10, 11, and 12, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Here it comes, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness. Against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Our text is Revelation 1, the verses 1, 2, and 3. The Revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show to his servants the things that must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant John, who bore witness to the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ, even to all that he saw. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy. And blessed are those who hear and who keep what is written in it, for the time is near. So the theme for this afternoon's message is, because the book of Revelation is given to encourage us to persevere in the great cosmic struggle we are engaged in, We will be blessed in persevering when we humbly receive it in faith and faithfully do what it calls us to do. Beloved congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, as you can tell from the formulation of the theme, the church is engaged in a fierce, Cosmic struggle, universal struggle in the heavenly realms that permeate this visible realm in which we live. We are not just maybe we could add fighting against flesh and blood, but but ultimately we are fighting against the principalities and the rulers and the authorities. All those demonic powers in the heavenly realms which basically incite all sorts of authorities and powers in this human realm. But behind them, you need to see that great invisible army of demonic powers that is moving these earthly powers on. We are engaged in that Great, fierce, cosmic struggle. My question to you this afternoon is, how aware are you on a daily basis, daily basis, that you are engaged in this life and death struggle while you're in your homes, when you leave your homes, and when you return to your homes? As the Catechism says, the devil, the world, and our own sinful flesh never cease to attack us.
1: How aware are
0: you of that on a daily basis? How well are you able to recognize the attacks of the devil? His open attacks and his subtle attacks. And how does this cosmic struggle affect your ability to remain a faithful witness to the Lord Jesus Christ? Where might you and I be tempted to compromise in this struggle? Where do you and I need to be encouraged to persevere in this life-and-death struggle? What is true for us, of course, is also true, or was also true, for the church in the first century. The churches to whom the Apostle John was writing. Also, they were engaged in this same life and death struggle. Also, they needed to be aware of this struggle on a daily basis. Also, they needed to be able to recognize the open and the subtle attacks of the evil one. And also, they needed to be encouraged not to compromise in this struggle, but to persevere in the Christian faith, to persevere in bearing witness to the Lord Jesus Christ, holding up the name of the Lord Jesus Christ faithfully and boldly. This is all the more the case because the time is near. Key expression here, the time is near. The time for what being near? Well, it's the time for the kingdom of heaven breaking in pieces all the kingdoms of this world it is the time for the ushering ushering in of a new heaven and a new earth and when that time arrives the great cosmic struggle will be over there will be no more attacks either open or subtle. There will be no more temptations for the devil and his helpers will have been thrown into the lake of fire and sulfur. And God will have clothed creation and God will have clothed a new humanity With the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ, which is the fullness of life in the Spirit. The time is near. John the Baptist had preached about this just prior to the public ministry of Jesus. Repent and believe, for the kingdom of heaven is near. And then when Jesus began his public ministry, he preached the same. Repent and believe for the kingdom of heaven is near. And then when he sent his apostles out to preach, the apostles had the same message. Repent and believe for the kingdom of heaven is near. That kingdom that will break in pieces all the earthly kingdoms. It is near. John says the same thing. The time is near. Last year when I was preparing a series of sermons on the angel announcing the birth of Jesus to Mary, and the author of the book quoted another author and he said, you know, you know the Bible doesn't really have a title. And he suggested, and it's just a suggestion of course, he suggested that if we were to put a title on the front cover of the Bible, you might want to put on there he is coming. He's coming. That certainly is the overriding message of the New Testament, he is coming, and it is the overriding message of the Old Testament. Namely, the first coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is coming. And so, in the book of Revelation, it's the same thing. We need to persevere in this great cosmic struggle because He is coming. And when, it, when He comes, there will be a great day of judgment and the new heaven and the new earth will descend from heaven. Now in order to encourage the church to persevere in this life and death struggle the book of revelation is given to John first the father gives the content of the book to Jesus it's a bit of a bit of a convoluted order here the father gives it to Jesus the content, and Jesus gives it to an angel, and the angel gives it to John, and John gives it to the seven churches. And the book is a a revelation, literally an apocalypse. Hard word, it just means an unveiling. Like if you didn't know this plant was here, And it was covered by a cloth. And you all wondered what was under the cloth. And I had the honor to to take the cloth off. Oh, isn't that nice, you know? A plant has been unveiled. And that is really what the Father gives to Jesus. And Jesus gives to the angel. And the angel gives to John and John to the churches. It is an unveiling, a revelation. Which also means that the book of Revelation is meant to make clear, not to confuse. You may think, how can that be the case? Because when I open the book of Revelation, I read about horsemen, I read about trumpets. I read about a dragon. I read about a beast. And I don't understand that kind of language. So how can the intent of the book of Revelation actually be to make clear? Well, the answer is simple. The people in the first century were familiar with this kind of language. They didn't need an appendix or an addendum to the book of Revelation to say beast means this, dragon means that. Just like Tolkien in the first edition of Lord of the Rings. I went and checked it yet. There's a hundred pages of appendices. There's six appendices, addendums, to the actual book. And in those hundred pages, he explains all sorts of things. Is the imagery that he uses in Lord of the Rings. Tolkien, he loved the myths of Norway and the myths of Iceland. He was familiar with those myths. He didn't need an appendix to have that all explained. But now that when he writes the Lord of the Rings, he puts this appendix in there so that you and I can understand what he means. First century Christians didn't need an appendix of 10 pages or 50 pages, whatever you may have. They were familiar with this language. It was an apocalypse, a revelation, and an unveiling of things that must soon take place. Reminds us of the book of Daniel. Any of the kids, did you count this revelation? How many times did that form of that word occur? Last time you responded. Yes, how many? Yeah, I counted five too. That's right. And so five times Revelation and we're about the book of Revelation. And what about this, this after this? Did you count that? You may just... I sometimes can't see your hands. After this was how many times? Yeah, that was twice. See, and Revelation picks up on this. The king has a dream, as I mentioned. can't remember the dream, so the wise men have to tell him what he dreamt, otherwise they would be killed. And Daniel and his three friends, they belong to the group of wise men, which meant that they also would be killed. So Daniel asks for a bit more time to figure this out and God reveals what Nebuchadnezzar had dreamt. And you know, of course, what it was. It was that statue, with the head of gold, and then the breast, the chest was of a different metal, these four different metals, all representing the different kingdoms of the earth. And then a a rock was cut from a mountain without human hands, and this rock, Bit like a comet almost comes down and it hits the feet of this statue, and the whole statue is pulverized. The time is near. The God of heaven and earth is going to set up a kingdom that is going to destroy all the kingdoms of this world, and then this kingdom of heaven will last forever and ever. The book of Revelation picks up on that. And it's also about what's going to take place after this. After what? After the ascension of the Lord Jesus Christ to his return. The book of Revelation is all about what's going to happen in that time frame. Except not primarily chronologically, as it was for Daniel. One kingdom will replace the other kingdom... But in the book of Revelation, it's going to happen concurrently. All these things are happening at one and the same time. And you get to look at these happenings from different angles. From the angles of the seals, and the angle of the trumpets, and the angles of the bowls of God's wrath that are poured out on the earth. And what these things are that are going to take place after this, during the time from Jesus' ascension to his return, all have to do with a transcendent reality that permeates this present reality. For the younger ones, transcendent just means beyond. So you've got this material world in which we live, And then when we talk about a transcendent reality, we're talking about a reality that is beyond the world that you can see and the world that you can touch. It's like a fourth or a fifth or maybe even a sixth dimension. Who who knows how many dimensions there are, right? Outside of our three-dimensional world, these dimensions, they all permeate this material world, permeate our lives individually, permeate the life of the church, and influence the life of the church. It's a bit like a retractable roof in B.C. Place. The roof opens up from the outside, and it goes like this, and all of a sudden you realize, yeah, there's more to BC Place than simply what you see in BC Place. Now imagine not being in the stadium BC Place, but making the whole world BC Place. And then the whole world, which you imagine to be BC Place, has a retractable roof. And you allow this retractable roof to retract so that you see through this retractable roof and you see dimensions of reality that you don't see with your naked eye when this roof is closed, as it were. You live under an open heaven and not a closed heaven. That is what these things that are to take place after this are all about. And what does John get to see when the roof retracts? Well, he sees, for instance, Satan and his helpers trying to tempt the church to become unfaithful. These things are happening and these things will continue to happen. He sees the victory of the church and the victory of the Lord Jesus Christ, which is already a fact in the Lord Jesus Christ, and which still needs to happen in time. He sees the judgments of God cascading from heaven upon this earth in the form of horsemen, in the form of trumpets being blown and environmental pollution, in the form of bowls of God's wrath being poured out upon the earth. And each time these judgments, they become more intense and intense every time you have a different angle from which the judgment is being depicted. And they're all shown to the servants of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's A beautiful phrase, servants of the Lord Jesus Christ. I am not my own, but I belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. These people get to see this. These people who are joined to the Lord Jesus Christ, through the bond of the Holy Spirit and the bond of faith, These people who continue the ministry of Israel. Israel who is called a servant of the Lord. And now the church as the expansion of Israel is also a servant of the Lord. These people who participate in the drama of God's mission for his glory. Performing and enacting the beauty of God's perfect life to one another, and to a watching world, faithfully bearing witness to what the church has in the Lord Jesus Christ. The first installment of the resurrection life of the Lord Jesus Christ in the new heaven and the new earth. These people get to see what is soon to take place after this Also, God's servant John, exiled to the island of Patmos because of his faithful witness to the Lord Jesus Christ. And John faithfully bore witness to what he saw. Which means that That you and I have no reason to doubt what is written in the book of Revelation. John faithfully bore witness to what he saw. All the more we have no reason to doubt that what is true, it's true what's written in the book of Revelation, because it comes straight from God. It's a prophetic word from God the Father. It's like above every chapter in the book of Revelation, you can read, Thus saith the Lord. No reason to doubt. All the more because this is a faithful testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember, I said, or not just I said, you read it in the text, the Father gave it to Jesus. And Jesus gave it to an angel, and then an angel to John. And Jesus faithfully bore witness to the angel and then to John of what he had received from the Father. It's like when Jesus was on earth, and he said, the words that I speak are not my own words. They are the words of my Heavenly Father. It's like when Jesus said, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. So, John faithfully bore witness to what came straight from God the Father and to what the Lord Jesus Christ faithfully bore witness to. Sometimes you have your doubts about the Bible. You know, is it really true? Then when you get into the book of Revelation you just see this link here in this particular book from God the Father to Jesus. It's a faithful witness of Jesus. And John faithfully bore witness to that. The emphasis in what John bears witness to is on what he sees. The book of Revelation is like a video. It's like a movie. All of a sudden you get transported into heaven. An Open door into heaven. And you see a throne. And you see someone seated on the throne. And then you see the Lamb of God taking a scroll and opening the seals of this scroll. It's all visual, like a movie. And then as these seals are opened, you see horsemen coming out of these seals and galloping over the face of the earth with their judgments. And then when the last seal is opened, the seventh seal, You get another vision of the judgments of God. This time in the form of trumpets being blown. And all of a sudden you see a dragon in heaven. And you see a beast arising out of the sea. And a beast arising out of the earth. You see a prostitute riding a dragon. It's amazing what you see. It's a... It's a video. It's a movie. All depicting this transcendent reality. Different aspects of this transcendent reality. In this fourth, fifth, and sixth dimension that permeates. That influences life here on this earth. Life in the church. In your own individual Personal life. And now John says, Blessed is he who reads aloud the words of the prophecy of this book. And blessed is he who hears them. And blessed is he who does them. Yeah, they didn't have their Bibles like we do, with 66 books, it just had a manuscript. And the original manuscript needed to be copied and copied and copied. And so these seven churches would get copies of the book of Revelation. And John says, Blessed is the man who reads this aloud. He receives a blessing. You got someone reading this aloud. And blessed is he who hears what the person reads aloud. That kind of assumes a house church where the reader has maybe 20 or 30 people in his presence and they all hear what he says. And blessed is he who does, who listens to what he hears. This is what God wants. God wants a listening people. God wants an obedient people. Don't ever think too little of that. It's one of the big things in the all of Scripture is obedience, the obedience of faith. Blessed are you if you listen and do, humbly receive the word that you hear. Now well, that, of course, is true. That, of course, is true for every Bible book. It's true for Genesis. It's true for Matthew. And it's not only true in the public worship service. It's also true in your homes. when The fathers lead family worship around the dinner table. And it's true in your own personal devotions. Blessed are you when you read your Bibles. And you allow the words to sink into your hearts. And blessed are you when you respond in faith to what you have read in your private devotions, in your family devotions, during catechism class, and during the public worship service. It's the only time this is actually said, and it's said of the book of Revelation. Now, what would this blessing look like? Blessed are you when you hear the book of Revelation read to you. Blessed are you when you respond in faith to what you hear the reader reading to you from the book of Revelation. I think, I think this blessing would at least include a new awareness of this transcendent reality That life is more than our own little three-dimensional bubble. Like the unbelievers have, right? Materialism. This world is the only world there is. You read Revelation. You have it read to you. And you're blessed. I think this blessing would include a new awareness of this transcendent reality. I think this blessing would also include a new ability to recognize the attacks. We are not fighting against flesh and blood, but against the principalities and the rulers in the heavenly realms. A new ability to recognize the open and the subtle attacks of the devil. And I tell you, the devil can be subtle. Together in Surrey, we're Little group are reading through screw tape letters. Who's, who's read screw tape letters here? Yeah. I read it for the second time now. And I tell you, it's, it's a beautiful book. It's an amazingly beautiful book. It's like the psychology of seduction, the psychology of temptation. When you read through the book of Revelation and you're blessed in listening to this and doing doing what the book tells you, at least by implication to do, I think it would be a new ability to recognize just how subtle the attacks, and even open the attacks, of the devil really are. I think a blessing would also be a warning. How easy it is to compromise the Christian faith. And I think the blessing would include an encouragement. An encouragement to persevere in the Christian struggle. Now ask yourself this question. Where do you need this blessing in your life? Ask yourself to what extent do I tend to live my life in my own little 3D bubble. See, That's what elders are for, pastors are for. You visit people and they've got calamities happening in their lives and it's, it's so easy to just experience all of that in their 3D bubble. Yeah, and then the minister comes and the elder comes and yeah, the retractable roof goes open and they read from scripture and, and they just remind you that there's more to life than you simply can touch and taste and smell. Where might you need that in your life at this moment? Where might you need a keener awareness of how the devil is going around like a roaring lion and a subtle attacker? trying to get you to fall into sin and compromise the Christian faith. Where are you burdened at this moment, perhaps, with the struggle? And you might be tempted to throw in the towel or to compromise, and you need encouragement. Encouragement to look to Jesus. Jesus and to persevere in this universal, cosmic, fierce struggle, this life and death struggle, I need someone to help me, to encourage me to persevere. Wherever, wherever the rubber meets the road in your life, just remember, remember the overriding theme of our text, because the book of Revelation is, in, is given to us to encourage us to persevere in this fierce cosmic struggle. Blessed. Blessed are you in persevering in this struggle when you humbly receive this book in faith and thankfully do what it calls you to do. Amen. Let's pray and give thanks. Father, thank you for the gift of the book of Revelation. An amazing book that you have given to encourage your churches. to Persevere in the great cosmic struggle we are engaged in. Thank you, Father, that we will be blessed in persevering We humbly receive the message of this book in faith and faithfully do what it calls us to do. Father, thank you for showing us that there is a transcendent reality that permeates this world and the history of this world. Daily grant us more and increased awareness of this reality beyond. This material world in which we live, more an awareness of the cosmic struggle, a clear recognition of the attacks. and in doing so, Father, encourage us to persevere in being faithful witnesses to what we have in Christ. And thank you, Father that the time for enjoying the full installment of the resurrection life of the Lord Jesus Christ is near. So keep us awake and watchful for the glorious return of the Lord Jesus. And Father, we pray for all those in this world who live as if this world is the only world there is. Open the eyes of many that this is not so. Use also the faithful witness of this congregation as a means to lead some to faith and repentance. Many to faith and repentance. Father, grant your blessing to each and every one of us this week. Grant us a divine joy that only you can give. Enable our lives to flourish and blossom as we thankfully and humbly are receptive to your voice, open to your provision, and available to the leading of your spirit. Father, may your Son soon return to make all things new. Amen.